And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we open up the show here Monday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by our good friends at Golden Entertainment. By owning the Strat, the Sammy Hagar Residency, Arizona Charlie's, and the 65 Taverns here. You know where I go. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. So much happening at Golden Entertainment. And you could download their brand new app, which is fantastic. Just go to True Rewards. It'll come up. You'll thank me for it if you go to PTs or any of their properties here in and around the states. Resorts that actually, rewards that actually pay off. Uh, download the True Rewards app. Okay. This is fun today. So we got a lot to get to. What I did is I cleared everything out. Cleared everything out, no guests. We're going to do two hard hours of Raider Nation Radio. We have got to find a way to get two hours of radio in here on a Monday with all the distractions that have hit this organization, including a tragedy that happened with Henry Ruggs III in a car accident that killed a 23-year-old woman. We handled that, I think, at a very good level with our team here in the building last week. And Henry Ruggs is no longer with the team. And we find out today that Damon Arnett has been released. So that is a breaking news story at the highest regards at the NFL level. So we got to cover that. I was on the press conference with Mike Mayock a little while ago. We will play it. We will play it here. It's about 10 minutes. We'll get to it in about 20 minutes or so. And you'll hear from Mike Mayock, who pretty much owned everything, as you would expect, on this decision. And this player who turned out to be a disaster. He was an epic disaster. This is a really bad decision. This pick, for all the right reasons when it was made, uh, it came back to haunt the Raiders because Damon Arnett, who played very well at Ohio State and put himself in a position to make millions of dollars and to be an NFL player, wanted to be a gangster thug on the Internet. That's it. Has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with age. It happens all the time in this world where young guys in their 20s want to play a role in their life of gangster thug, and they want to do it on the Internet. And that's what happened to this guy. The Internet brought him down. really is. I, I really think so. I mean, he's a bad guy because he can't control what he does in his personal life, and he just got involved with money, looks to be guns, Bad attitude, gangster rapper. He just wanted to be someone else other than a hard-working football player. He just couldn't play football. He had this other life on the Internet, on social media, and it took him out. Took him out, which is shocking on a lot of fronts there. You could sit here and criticize the thought process on drafting him overall where they did. There was no doubt. We said the night they drafted him. And going on, it was a bit of a reach. If you remember, they didn't have a second-round pick, so the Raiders needed to get a corner so desperately that they took Damon Arnett and reached on him. But no one expected when they vetted him and did all the homework, and you'll hear from Mike Mayock. He covers it all. He'll, he'll cover that coming up here in about a minute. It just turned out to be a really bad pick. And that draft class, and if you look at Ruggs as a first-round pick, now if you look at Arnett as a first-round pick, Uh, If you look at some of the first-round picks here, they turned out to be disasters. 
and Mike Mayock's not going to spin it. There's a lot of bad luck. There's a lot of blame to go around, and everybody else seems to be pretty accountable on that. So I didn't plan on coming in here two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, last year, talking about the release of Damon Arnett, but it's my job to do that. I have no problem doing it. So we got to get to the, the, the game highlights, the post game. I wanted you to start calling in now. And last week was a really tough week. It was brutal. It was absolutely brutal for Tina and her family as she lost her life. And we spent our entire week trying to do the best that we could to pay respects to that young woman, her dog and that family. Whatever we can do to help from the GoFundMe to everybody else who wants to help out on that, that story will never go away. But Henry Ruggs is gone as a football player and so is Damon Arnett. And the organization must move on, must move on and put these distractions behind them immediately, immediately at a crisis level. They must, within the organization, on the football side of the building, find a way to put all of this in the past and have a really big moment on Sunday night. Now, my wife is my much better half. Not my better half. My wife is my much better half. Today's my mom's birthday. It's my sister-in-law's birthday. So we're up early FaceTiming this morning. And my wife told me when I left the house, she she said, have a good day today. Because she knows how much I'm hurting with all this news that's been happening. Okay, I don't need to talk to anybody. I talk to you on the radio. But it's been absolutely brutal to see my friends... My friends, who a lot of them are Raider fans, hurting this hard, and to see what, what's happening this season. Because these are good people in the organization, an owner that really, really cares, an owner that really, really cares and never expected this to happen with a few players on the team. Ruggs is a completely, that's a tragedy of epic proportions. Everything else, other than that, a bad draft pick, this or that, You know, you'd never expect that when you're in a war room and you're making picks and you're trying to win football games. And there's been a lot of good decisions been made around here. Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe. You look around at some of the players that are brought in. Perryman. uh, Trayvon Merrick, the improvement of Jonathan Abram. Colt Miller's a great player. Even though that last play yesterday, he wasn't at his best. And overall, Darren Waller and the sobriety of Darren Waller and Max Crosby. There's a lot of good here. Going on. There's a lot of good here, but the problem is it's tough to find the good when there are so many people against the Raiders in the national media and there's so many fans who root against the Raiders outside the Raider Nation. So you really you have to look for the good news, which is hard. Like you shouldn't have to look for good news. Good news should be the easy thing you find, and then the bad news starts coming and getting sprinkled in. But we live in a society now, and I've called it this years ago, I own this topic. The TMZification of sports. What we care about, when I got into sports radio, it was all about me studying the box score. Who won, who lost, this or that. Now, it's about car accidents, players on the internet, social media getting cut. It's about the negative all the time. And I'm proud of the role that I play here because I have to sift through all that. We're always honest on this show. And when, then we try to find the positives here because we want the Raiders to win on the flagship station here. So we're not coming in looking to put my job in jeopardy so I don't have the opportunity to talk to you and give you the platform like you've never had in Raider history from a radio show and and to talk about what the team needs to do week by week to win. And then when the season's over, 
we do an offseason where we try to figure out who to draft, who to sign in free agency. The other big story is Deshaun Jackson, who has been really interesting on social media. I just talked about Damon Arnett. I mean, this guy's doing an Instagram story every two minutes about putting on his helmet, putting on a jersey, and doing all that. So he seems really excited to be here. Why wouldn't you be? A Southern California kid from Long Beach Poly who played a Cal, wouldn't it always be your dream to be a Raider? And now Deshaun Jackson, who's had a couple of character issues in his life, he has to come to the Raiders and play a different role. His role needs to be, hey, we need you, almost at a point of desperation, because Ruggs put the organization in that situation. And Deshaun Jackson's got to come in and be a great teammate, a great teammate, and he's got to come in and make plays instantly in a brand-new scheme for him, and he's got to do it right now. I mean, right now he's got to do it. So that's pressure for a guy who had everything going for him with the Rams. He wanted to be a Ram because he's from L.A., and the Rams were like, go kick rocks. You, you don't, you're not happy playing for us? Cooper Cup's getting too many receptions and you're not, and now you're not happy? Go kick rocks. You're gone. And we're supposed to sit here and go, oh, my God, this is great. Well, I, I think it is very good news because we saw yesterday that the Raiders had absolutely no deep threat. And Deshaun Jackson's the only deep threat available other than Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. is eventually a much more expensive player and a player you got to do a lot more for to make him happy compared to Deshaun Jackson. So that's the way I see these opening topics. I'd like to get your opinion, 702-365-9200. And to get this out of the way, to get this out of the way on a Monday so I can get to my job, which is preview in Kansas City all week. But I can't do my job because I'm coming in on Monday and we have the Damon Arnett situation to do. So I can't do what I want to do, which is Kansas City Misdirection Week. I tweeted that out. Got some good responses. I'm calling this week Misdirection Week because every year I've been with the Raiders, every year, Kansas City comes in with misdirection, starts to play one way, brings it back the other way for 60 yards. From my mouth to God's ears, it happens every freaking game. Every game. It's always happened from Oakland, now to Vegas. It's the misdirection play. Something happens where the Raiders' eyes defensively can't figure out what Kansas City's doing, and they know it because they practice it all week, and Mahomes makes it difficult. Now, the good news is Mahomes is not playing well at all. And this Kansas City, you know, Kansas City was shut out yesterday in the second half against Green Bay. That lying scoundrel. Aaron Rodgers wasn't available to play, and Green Bay would have beaten Kansas City quite comfortably with Aaron Rodgers. That's everybody's opinion. Kansas City couldn't even score in the second half of the game, but they had Jordan Love, a quarterback for Green Bay, and Kansas City got one of the biggest breaks of the year. Isn't that special? Kansas City gets a break in the middle of the season. How the hell does that happen? A team that's gone to a couple of Super Bowls get a Christmas present like that. Aaron Rodgers, not available to play because he lied and said he was immunized when he wasn't NFL vaccinated, and he's not able to play one of the biggest regular season games of the year. An absolute star-studded heavyweight fight. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium. And looky here, Aaron Rodgers isn't available to play against the Raiders' arch nemesis, Kansas City. Raider Nation, wouldn't you like a break like that? 
Wouldn't you like to know that Dak Prescott's not playing on Thanksgiving or Joe Burrow can't play in the game, not due to injury, but something like that, and the Raiders get a break like that? Man, don't you think the Raiders could use a break or two like that? That would be a pretty good break. So every team in the AFC West won yesterday. You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Eric Allen and I sat there at the M Resort Spa Casino out there at the set yesterday after the Raiders lost. And we were watching Philadelphia try to beat the Chargers, uh, knowing what was happening with no Aaron Rodgers. And we were just both shocked when we were texting later on about Denver and how the hell Denver beat Dallas. Denver beat Dallas? Denver now has the same amount of wins as the Raiders? Really? Oh, my God. So so from a football perspective, I talk about this always because it's simple. I'm a simple guy. Yesterday was a worst-case scenario. From time to time, you'll hear me say best-case scenario. The best-case scenario would have been the Raiders being 6-2. and two. Worst-case scenario is that the Raiders are 5-3, and three, losing to an inferior team, and they couldn't win the game, and now today they had to cut Damon Arnett because Damon Arnett wants to be an internet gangster rapper allegedly with a gun in some um, videos on TikTok or Instagram, wherever it was. So he wanted to play a role of someone other than Damon Arnett, star cornerback for Ohio State, first-round pick for the Raiders. Something happened in the head of Damon Arnett where he didn't want to be that guy. He couldn't be that guy anymore. He wanted to be an internet gangster in Vegas in the city where we live, and we're all enjoying so much fun. And, and like, we don't want to say that Vegas is a bad place because it's not. It could happen in Miami, L.A., anywhere. And now we got to sit here. i got to sit on the radio here and fight off people who are saying Las Vegas is a bad place to be for football players. Give me a break. This is Damon Arnett, okay? He turned out to be a bad guy. I spent a week playing sound of everybody telling you how much they loved Henry Ruggs. They loved him. He was a big part of that team. He made a tragic decision that has ruined his life. That is very rare that people make a decision that results in that. And we, we covered that story. We've covered that story. Damon Arnett's story is very much unique and different because I think it's about the culture of young men, just the culture of young men who get changed by the Internet. It happens politically in life, so we know about politics and how it triggers everybody on the Internet. I mean, your Aunt Mary is the nicest lady in the world, right? She bakes your cookies, and then you look at her Facebook page, and she's radicalized by politics. And you go, what happened to Aunt Mary? She used to bake me cookies, and now she's got all these Facebook posts about politics. Because it's the radicalization of the Internet, and that is my opinion. What happened to Damon Arnett? Why? I have two sons who would show me Damon Arnett's Instagram. Hey, Dad, look at this. Look at this idiot. I can say it now. I wasn't going to say it on Raider Nation Radio three weeks ago, three months ago. My sons would come up to me and go, look at Arnett. What? what? Give me your phone. I look at it. I'm like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Is that Mark Davis's fault? Or what? formerly John Gruden or Rich Passaccia? No, it's on the man. It's on Damon Arnett who became a failure in life, a failure in life, and he had everything to live with with that team. And he didn't live up to what he was requested to do. Be a grown-ass young man, show up to work, get healthy and play football. But he was radicalized by the internet and became a gangster thug on the internet. 
Wow, what a story. Didn't take that in college, too, in my broadcasting class. Because the internet wasn't invented when I was in college. So that's where we're going. I got a bunch of sound bites to play. One more point, Bobby, that I want to make. You know, I want my life to be good, just like yours. So I had the best time of my life at the Rolling Stones. It was incredible. I mean, posted pictures on my Facebook page and on here. And now this Sunday, I'm going, I'm living a dream. I'm sitting on a stage at the Torch hosting the Raiders pregame show on Sunday Night Football. This is a dream I'm living in. It's great. I want to bookend the Rolling Stones and Sunday Night Football. Can I do that? Can I come off a great night at Allegiant Stadium and have another great night? And can we see the glasses half full after today going forward and really pick up this football team and do our little tiny job on the radio and try to help everybody galvanize, come together for a football game? This isn't life or death. This is a football game. And try to find a way to beat Kansas City starting tomorrow. I got a short show tomorrow for an hour. Q's going to take an hour. Uh, Raiders have their golf tournament out of Shadow Creek, which I'm going to MC. And then we come back Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've reached out to a lot of my A-list alumni, the people that I need to come in here and really get us going. The best of the best. And we'll tell you about that after all these confirmations come down. We'll play the Mike Mayock conference call. Not a press conference, but all the media was there. You'll hear that coming up here in about 10 minutes. As we started off, Raider Jay in the Bay Area on the flagship. Hello, Jay. Hey, what's happening, JT? Well, I just want to start off with this Giants game. This is the most I've been upset this year. The car was just off, but they're going to look back and see this is a game they squandered. This is a big loss because now if we lose to KC next week or this week, which I don't think we will, I think Carr will be on his game and we're at home. But we're going from first to worst. I was just looking at the playoffs. We stand in the fifth seed. Denver won. Chiefs won. Chargers won, just like you mentioned. They all can win next week. We're in the cellar. So losing this Giants game, that's, I was pissed. And then I'm hearing over, you know, I'm drinking at my watering hole watching the game, and I overhear fans, Raider fans. And I'm a diehard. I'm riding for 45 years, Raider right. fan. And I'm hearing, same old Raiders. And I got defensive. But then I thought about it. You know what? We started like this the last three years, JT. We were 6-2, and 6-3, and three, and we missed the playoffs. And are we doing this? They haven't missed the playoffs yet. They're 5-3. and three. They're in the playoffs. Right. If you want to look at it that I, way, i, I got to do another 10 weeks of radio. I'm not sitting here saying the playoffs are lost. I mean, let, let's see no, if they no, can bounce back and that. get the I'm, win. I'm not saying that. It's just it's the trend. It's like we start off hot, and then we have the second half collapse. <laughs> and I don't want to see that again. I'm sick of it, JT. One playoff appearance in 20 years. 2002, yeah. when Carr was going for the MVP, it's been 20 years. We 2022. We need to make it this year, man. Our head's got to roll, and we're not having the best luck right now with our draft picks. Arnett's an idiot. You know, with drugs, horrible. Jacobs, come on, man. Yeah. We, yeah. we got to get this fixed and not get any more stuff thrown out the Raider I Nation. Agree. I'm calling it 11-6 and six when the season started. I hope that comes yeah. true to fruition. Well, they're halfway to 10 wins. Appreciate the call. They're halfway to 10 wins, and they have winnable games on the schedule the rest of the way, but some of the games are getting going to get tougher. The Indianapolis game, the Cleveland game, the Denver game, even though they beat Denver. Denver is going to be in the playoff hunt. The Charger game, winnable game. You get them at home. Now you have to start winning games you're not supposed to win. 
And let me tell you what those games are. There's three of them on the schedule that you're not supposed to win. You're not supposed to, if you look at the national media, win any of the Kansas City games. You're not supposed to. You can. And last year, they almost swept Kansas City. This is the game you got to win because it's at home. To think you can win back-to-back games in Kansas City coming off last year, I think they can because Kansas City's not the same team. But the natural Kansas City's going to be the Vegas favorite. They're the Vegas favorite in Vegas. They're playing here. They're going to be the favorite at Arrowhead. And then the Dallas game on Thanksgiving. But then I never expected Dallas to lose to Denver. And they don't have Von Miller. And Dallas collapsed against them. So we got a lot of season left. We do have a lot of season left. And the team's getting healthier. And they're getting players. They're going to get players off of IR. They're getting healthier. That's something that we can build on. That's a positive going forward. And when it sounds like there's a lot of swarming negativity around the team. Matt in Hoboken. Thanks for calling back East. How are you, Matt? What's up, JT? Um, very angry at the team, you know, for, for putting us in the position that we're in this week where now this Kansas City game is one of those must-win kind of games. You know, and, it, and it's basically piggybacking off what you've been saying. You want to win the easy games, right? You want to win the games against the teams that you're better than, i.e. the Bears game that we lost or the game this week against the Giants that we lost. You win those games, and then a game like this week's Kansas City game is a big game, but it's not a must-win game like it is now. So I, I'm angry at the position that our team put us in for this week because you know you don't want to play the Chiefs in a must-win situation. They are down, but you know they could get hot at any time. I wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs go out and win their last their last seven or eight games in a row. I yeah, mean, this is the kind of, that's the kind of team that could do that. Mm-hmm. So you don't. So we we have now been put in a a, a very difficult position, and uh, you know we got it. We got to rise to the occasion. Now, a quick point on Rugs. I'm sorry, not Rugs. Mm-hmm. A quick point on Arnett. I think the, his release mm-hmm. is a good thing. I mean, I know yeah, obviously you could. You could say it's a bad thing because it was a first-round pick and all this other stuff, but I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the culture of the team, for the locker room. I think it sends a message that, that this kind of stuff won't be tolerated regardless of how high you were picked. And uh, I, uh, I called in Pritch and Clay yeah. at the beginning of the season, and one of the things that, that day was, you know, what's your bold prediction for the season? And my bold prediction was that Arnett would not be on the roster the first week of the season. So I was about seven weeks too late. I mean, there was a chance Arnett wasn't going to be with the Raiders because of his lackluster play and his inability to stay healthy. And you'll hear from Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock, we're going to play Mike Mayock for 10 minutes. It's really good. It's very good content. I was in the car on the conference call listening, and he said a lot, and he owned a lot of it. Mike Mayock's in a tough spot because a lot of the guys that he drafted, along with Coach Gruden, right, we talked about who had control of the draft, who makes the final decision, a lot of these players did not live up to potential. Lynn Bowden, if you look at the player that they cut, Tanner Muse, you go through Arnett, Ruggs, go down the list. It is not anything to be proud of. But that's the job. That's the job in the sport. You evaluate players you think are going to help your team. And the ones who don't, and you see that, you got to let go. You got to make that tough decision. For me, Arnett wasn't a tough decision. It was a, a, it was a bad choice to go and draft him. And now he's quickly out of the organization. What do you want to do? What are, what's the other option? Let him be a gangster thug on the internet and have to the rest of the year. And then he plays slot corner. If someone gets hurt, he has an interception, pick six, and I'm taking calls. Oh, my God, Arnett just won a game, and everybody forgets about him being a gangster thug. You, you can't have it both ways. It was a bad decision. The Raiders own it. They move on. They get ready for Kansas City. What, what else can you say on it? 
What else can you say other than what I just said in the monologue on Arnett? He turned out to be a bad guy. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is it? Who entered his life in Vegas or before we got here? What were the red flags? And evaluate that. And that's your opinion. I have, I have opinions. I give it to you. We're here to take your opinions. Antonio in Modesto on Raider Nation Radio. Hey, JT, a couple things, man. Uh, I, I like how Josh got rolling a little bit yesterday, and then, uh, like, and I don't want to be the mm. bad guy. It just, it, I'm so questioning about his durability, man. Mm. But I, I liked how he got going early. Um, DC uh, missed uh, Waller yeah. over the top. Uh, and and Waller dropped the touchdown at the one yard line or at the, you know the end zone. But uh, I, but my point though about Damon, man, um, you know what? Um, I'm glad we cut him. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always we, we were renegades, not thugs. Um, it's a good move for the organization. You don't do that stuff, man. Especially I don't know when that video was was put yeah. out. I just seen it the day after um, the Rugs uh, um, accident. Uh-huh. Or, God forbid, you know. But you know what? Good for the Raiders it's, uh, that we cut him. Yeah, the draft picks don't look good. Sunday is a must-win, in my opinion. If we're the real deal, we show up, we play them um, toe-to-toe, and let's get that W, um, JT. Man, yeah. I'll see you at the game. Yeah, I'll see you at the game, too. I'm excited about this game. I really am because I think the Raiders match up better better than they have against Kansas City in the past. They're coming off a loss. They're going to have to have a really good week of practice. And Kansas City's coming off two quarters of being shut out. And Kansas City should have lost to the Giants also. I thought the Giants... What did we talk about last week? Bravo. Bravo to Bobby, who reminded me every day, keep talking about the Giant game with Kansas City. Because how we previewed the Giants and the Raiders, we just, we just said, well, look at the tape of what the Giants did to Kansas City. They're going to double-team Waller. And this is the point I wanted to make more than anything. We'll take your calls coming back, and we'll get to the Mike Mayock presser. But here's the point I want to make that I wanted to lead with before the Arnett situation and Arnett getting cut. The thing that really upsets me the most about that Giant game is the Raiders didn't do what they could do or wanted to do. The Raiders believed, for whatever reason, that they couldn't attack the Giants. They believed that. They saw the Kansas City tape, and they said, we can't do what we want to do. We're going to have to dink and dunk, go underneath. We don't have rugs. We don't have a deep threat. Zay Jones had one reception for 20 yards. They didn't trust Waller going deep. They didn't trust Waller on the fade route in the red zone. The high point fade to Waller. They didn't trust that. They didn't trust Waller in a slot, in motion, high point fade all day long. One for six in the red zone. They went to Waller once on a play that was broken up. Should have been a touchdown. But they didn't trust is the word I'm using. They didn't trust what I call the triangle. The triangle is Carr at the tip, Waller in the corner, and Renfro in the other corner. They didn't trust that in the red zone and just go back to it, back to it, back to it, back to it and say, screw you, Giants. We're going to run this play, and we're going to run it again and again and again. You're not going to stop it. And they got away from it. They didn't trust the triangle. And tip your cap to the Giants. The Giants schemed the Raiders like they schemed Kansas City. They stopped Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. In a week, from Monday night football to Sunday, they took Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller out of the game plan mostly and went, and they lost to Kansas City and beat the Raiders. I am not shocked that they beat the Raiders. I'm shocked that the Raiders weren't confident enough to do what the hell they want to do with Derek Carr, and Derek was off. That's going to be a big topic today. Derek was off. 
If Derek plays 17 games this year and is off in three of them, okay, maybe you take that. You know, you're off in three of those games. But it gets magnified when you play an inferior team like the Bears and the Giants and lose. And that's what I think's got everybody worked up. And what can change all that's a win against Kansas City. Got to be all in on this win against Kansas City, right? We're all in on the win against Kansas City brought to you by Bills Happen. When you need cash, visit my friends at BillsHappen.com. My friend Tony, who I walked out of the Stones concert with, who helps us at BillsHappen.com. It's fast, easy, and online. Little John, you can get up to 5000 cash as early as tomorrow. Go to BillsHappen.com if you need cash. That's BillsHappen.com. Your phone calls and Mike Mayock's comments coming up next. I mean, I can tell you exactly what they were doing and things like that, um, um, but... Honestly, at the end of the day, we just need to be better uh, as players. Coaches did a great job. Uh, all of those things, I got to be better. This one's on me. This one is on me. Derek Carr owns it. He always has. And he's had a good year. He, he really has had a very good year. He's got to get back on track. The Kansas City game plan is going to be very interesting. Kansas City's defense has struggled this year. They do not have a bunch of pro bowlers on the back end. I think that Derek's going to have to go back to doing what he wants to do. His authority, his confidence, him attacking downfield, hopefully Deshaun Jackson, some of the weapons they have, Kenyon Drake, whatever they're going to do, that this game plan is electric. It's a great offensive aerial assault on Kansas City, but you got to pass block. you got to give Derek some time. And Derek's going to have to make some plays with his legs. No doubt about it. He's got to be better outside the pocket because one of the greatest of all time is coming in to a legion outside the pocket in Patrick Mahomes. All right, Mike Mayock at about 11.30 uh, sat down with the media. He did a conference call uh, back at the facility in Henderson. Here's that conversation. Hey, everybody. Uh, I apologize for the forum, but apparently everybody's all over the country. I'd much rather be looking everybody in the face and uh, do, do our best here, though, to convey what's going on. Um, today, today we waived Damon Arnett. Um, very painful decision. We spent significant time, effort, and resources trying to help him in all facets of his life. There have been a series of bad decisions over the last year or so, but we can't stand, we cannot stand for the video of Damon with a gun threatening to take a life. The content was unacceptable. Contrary to our values, and our owner, Mark Davis, has been very clear and very consistent that this is not how we will conduct ourselves in this community. The bottom line, the Raiders will not tolerate this type of behavior. On a personal note, I've talked to Damon, his dad, a couple others in his life, from my perspective, he's a very talented young man with a good heart. If he cleans up his life, I know he can make a living in the NFL. But not now with the Raiders. Having said all that, we're going to open it up for a couple of questions, and, and then we're going to get back to business. 
Hi, Mike. Levi Damien, USA Today. I was just kind of wondering, um, I imagine you guys did as much homework as you could during the 2020 um, draft process. Was there anything in there that uh, about his character that gave you any kind of concern whatsoever? Yeah, there was significant concern, and, and most of the teams around the league were very aware of it. Um, we spent an awful lot of time trying to understand his behavior and really what kind of tilted everything in the direction of, okay, let's go ahead and draft him, um, was that we knew that coaching staff pretty well. We knew what they had asked him to do his last year at Ohio State. They felt very strongly that they knew who we had on our staff and that we'd be able to work with this young man and not only help him on the football field, but help him in his life. And, um, you know, obviously in hindsight, we weren't able to do it. And I know people, a lot of people, including myself, we were all concerned about this. But we, at the time, we thought it was an acceptable risk. And obviously it's painful on all levels. Mike Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, you guys talked multiple times about high character guys, so the risk was uh, worth the reward, or you thought that the reward would be bigger than the risk as far as the high character guys go and Damon Arnett. Yeah, we came in, and, and let's, let's back, go back a little bit here. In 2019 when I got here, I mean, we talked a lot about foundation players and high character players. And the 2019 draft class, I mean, just off the top of my head, it was Clay Farrell, Josh Jacobs, John Abram, Mullen in the second round, uh, Crosby and Foster Moreau in the fourth round, Hunter Renfro in the fifth round. Um, we had Alec Ingold as a free agent, A.J. Cole, our punter. So just kind of mentally clipping down that list, there are eight or nine starters there. And even more importantly, every single one of them is a high-character guy that has been good in the community, great in our locker room. And it's, it's, if you talk to some of the veterans in our locker room that have been with other teams, they point to that group of guys as the core, the young core of players that's going to help the Raiders get to the next level. Good football players. You can argue all you want about what you expected out of some of them. You prop, some of them may have underperformed. Some of them may have overperformed. But the bottom line is we've got a really good group of young core veterans that are excited about being Raiders. That's the 19 class. The 20 class, you're right on target. We had seven picks. We're down to three. Brian Edwards in the third round, Simpson, and Amik Robinson in the fourth round. And obviously, we just lost Ruggs and Arnett, our two first-round picks, in a period of seven days. So uh, am I sick to my stomach right now on a lot of levels? Yes. Um, I mentioned we found the risk acceptable after doing more homework on Ornette than anybody we've done in the, in the years I've been here. Um, and obviously, we missed. And that is 100% on me. The 21 class at this point, you know, we had seven guys. Jimmy Marcy was on the practice squad. He got poached by Houston. And Leather, Leatherwood, uh, Mary gets safety, and Hobbs are all starting. Uh, Gillespie and Diablo have become really important special teams guys and are going to become good players. And you're going to see more Malcolm Kuntz coming up. So this class, 21, it's early. It's way early. But we feel really good about them both as football players and people. So I, I understand the perception from the outside looking in. 
because of this past week. I get it. I understand it. But we couldn't feel further than that perception. We think the truth is we got a good young core. I love the way Coach Bisaccia is working with these kids. They're all buying in. We had a, we had a bad day yesterday, but I can't wait to, to see how we get challenged this week, how we challenge these players, and we come out and play against Kansas City. Mike, this is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated. Big question for you. When you look at that 20 class, how much did COVID's impact and the restrictions on on really scouting and spending time with guys affect that class because your others haven't been? I mean, I, I hated all the, the Zoom calls and, and the lack of personal interaction. However, all 32 teams dealt with the same situation, and there can be no excuses. So um, was it frustrating and difficult? Hell yeah, but it was all 32 teams. Mike, it's uh, Josh Ubao. Do you need, as an organization, do you need to reassess how you, how you weigh character in the draft, or do you believe the 2020 is just a one-year blip? Well, I mean, Josh, I think I just went through the three years I've been, and um, I don't want to call it a blip. It's significant. Um, but I think in 19 and 21, we've done a heck of a job, both with football players and character, and we're going to continue to be consistent with that. Um, I've had several conversations with the owner. Um, I know how I feel in my heart of hearts, and um, it, it, <laughs> it's just as important to me that these guys are good people in this community as it is that they're good football players. Mr. Mayock, uh, speaking about the Levi Edwards with uh, Raiders.com, do you believe that being in Las Vegas for a young player, do you think that's a little harder to, you know, be able to manage and discipline? Or do you believe that uh, where a city, you know, where a player is in any city, it doesn't matter. They have to stay disciplined no matter what. There's always conversations about different players and what their, their quote fit is in a community. You know, is a country, can a country kid live in a big city or, or vice versa? Um, there's always conversation. What kind of culture does the kid come from? How will, how will he fit? And I think that's part of the conversation. Uh, we always talk about the fit for a young man. That will he fit here? And we do have to be aware of Vegas. I mean, there's no, but, but my thing is this, in just about any mid to big size city in the country, if you want to find trouble, you can find it. And, and our job is to find the kids that will get past that. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. You mentioned there was concerns about Damon at Ohio State, and obviously we've seen some things come out this week. In between, uh, what was what was kind of his relationship, his demeanor with the team, and were there things in between that we don't really know about? I don't know what may or may not come out from anything. I, I mean, I think an awful lot of things came out this week. Um, what I do know is that when he got here in, in 2020, uh, obviously coming through COVID, um, he got hurt with a couple different situations his rookie year. Uh, he ended up losing weight. He had some nutrition issues. I mean, it was a tough year last year in 2020 um, for a lot, a lot of guys around the league. So no excuses. Um, it was a tough year for him. We were hoping he came back in, had the weight back up where it was supposed to be this year, was in great shape, came in, started to compete, and, of course, got hurt again. So I, I, I think – more than anything, he's been bitten by the injury bug. Uh, and the bottom line is what got him was the off-the-field issues. 
We good, guys? Okay, hey, Mike, Paul uh, Gutierrez here from Paul Gutierrez here from ESPN. Um, Deshaun Jackson posting that he's in the facility <laughs> trying on helmets. Any comment there? Um, yeah, um, he, he signed his contract a little while ago. He's a Raider. Uh, he's, he's kind of a Bay Area kid, as you all know, who went to Cal. Um, he told us point blank in our Zoom call the other day, he'd look pretty good in the silver and black. All right, Mike Mayock, what do you think of that press conference? What he had to say about Damon Arnett, that was a really special, quick, we got to put out, a statement. We got to talk to the media about this because they just released Damon Arnett. Your thoughts on that? If you want to talk about that, it's a big story. Clearly, is a big story. Today would be the day to do it as we prepare for Kansas City. Rugs and Arnett are gone. They are no longer in the Raider family on the team. You could talk about them whenever you want to, but we'll be moving on to the Kansas City game. And Mike Mayock's comments there—they resonated with me and maybe you. And you could either support what Mike Mayock said, be critical. Uh, this is their flagship station. Happy we're able to play that for you. Out to Jim in Long Island. Jim, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Now, listen. Okay, Miller, Miller made a bad play on that. There was a fumble on it. But if Josh Jacobs just falls on the ball instead of trying to pick it up, you know, we, we have another down to go, and who knows? Could have tied the game up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And as far as on that, you know, and, and Odell, the, these guys always hurt. I never liked them. You know, and, and now you lost two first-round picks. I'm wondering, you know, is Mayock's job is on the line? I don't know. It could be. But uh, there was a fan who called this morning about Carr, too, mm-hmm. about how, you know, oh, I don't know about Carr. I don't know about his future. I, everybody is allowed to have one bad game. Carr had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. That's the first time this year that Akiromi had a bad game. So let's just turn it around and, and go beat Kansas City on, on Sunday night. You know? Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you on that, no doubt. Uh, that would be the plan. And Derek did have a bad game, and Derek owned it. And we're going to play some sound from Derek a little bit later on in the show about why they didn't play well. You know, Derek missed Waller on a wide-open look for a touchdown, which I'm surprised he didn't hit at the end of the first half, which would have been big. And then Derek threw a pick six to start off the third quarter. And you always talk about when you defer or whatever happens in the game, you want to score on the last possession of the first half and get the ball back and score. And that's a big swing, and the Raiders didn't capitalize on that. It was a big reason why they lost the game. Huge reason. Uh, Next Monday, it's Monday night. My home is Doghouse Saloon. It's the best place clearly on the strip to watch Monday night football, and we have it. Doghouse inside Resorts World in Vegas. I'll be there next Monday night. It's the newest property on the uh, strip. Not a bad seat in Doghouse. Also, the sports book is right inside, so you can place your bets. If you're looking for Monday night football, it's Doghouse inside Resorts World. Definitely sucks, you know. Uh, make for a, a long flight home. Question, you know, what you, what you could have done, but um, you know, once tomorrow comes, you got to put this behind us because there's plenty of games left. That's Darren Waller. As we're back, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria in November. Enjoy the fall favorite menu at Grimaldi's Pizzeria, featuring the wedge salad, the buffalo chicken pizza. 
The caramel apple cheesecake. Grimaldi's is hands down my favorite pizza, period, especially in Vegas. Grimaldi has five locations in the Vegas Valley. To find one near you, go to GrimaldisPizzeria.com. I want to thank Grimaldi's for being a tremendous partner and providing us with $50 gift cards to give away to our loyal fans, which we'll do this week with a couple as we do every week. 702-365-9200. Got a chance to see Reggie from North Las Vegas down at the M yesterday with Eric Allen. How are you, Reggie? My guy, JT, man, just you reminded me of that. Just changed my vibe because I'm telling you, this Arnett thing got me thrown. The, the one thing, and I think I can find this tweet. I sent you the tweet when uh, this draft happened. I was just saying, what do you think about this? Because I wanted, uh, at that time, I wanted us to grab DK Metcalf. We had already got drugs, and I was thinking if we get DK, we would have that big body. Now, I didn't know we would get uh, Brian Edwards and end up with Waller and all of that at that time. But in my mind, I was like, we got rugs. Let's go get DK right here. Then I get to see Arnett's play, and I didn't like his style. I didn't like it at all. And now this. So that's going to be my spill on that. I never liked the guy. Good riddance. God help these Raiders to get back on track. Now, on on the Giants game, I expected to be kind of a rough game. I didn't know which way we were going to play. Everybody had to know that it was going to be some kind of weirdness with this game, just like the Chicago game. But I think the Chicago game was worse to me. This game, I think Carr was trying to force some things, and the fact that he missed that Waller in the end zone pass – and then my mind is also saying that the team, the coaching, they picked the wrong areas to do a few things. And you hit it dead on the head about, come on, you got to get the fade to Waller. At least go try it. Where if he don't get it, it goes over his head. You got to try that. You got to have the cross with our guy third and Renfro. You got to do it. I don't understand this. Don't, don't play down to the competition. That's what I always say. Yeah. Now, with the Chiefs, are we going to play up or are we going to come out and, 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 and blow this one? Raider Nation, Las Vegas Raider Nation, we got to support JT, man. Come on, that, that place that he's at, the W is awesome. We should be out there supporting this. When our team is out of town, we need to be there. I'm going to be there, JT. If I have to be the only one walking up saying hello, I know you. I've been watching and, and listening for yep. a long time. Let's do this. Raider Nation Unite. Yes. Let's go. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you there. Thanks for coming by with Eric Allen. We had a great crowd. That was our biggest crowd out there for the game. And post-game was big. Hung out with the Black Hole. Thanks to Cisco and the crew of the Black Hole. They had a great, I had a great time with them in the game until the end of the game. Always fun at M. They put on a good time. And I stayed at the M first time. Not first time, but first time this year I spent the night coming home from the Stone Show. Set the triple alarm, Bobby. The triple. The triple alarm. And uh, got up in the morning, had a nice cup of coffee in their bakery, and then did the pregame show coming off the Stone Show, and the M provided transportation, which was very nice. The hotel shuttle that took a bunch of their players, and I, I got a chance to go on there with my wife. We had a fun time uh, going to and from the show. Great time with the Stones. Fantastic time at Allegiant Stadium. I was right up front in the pit. That was fun. That was cool. Which gave you access to the wind club, 
Saw a couple of friends there, too. So it was nice to go inside there. This is a big week for us. Charles Woodson's coming to town. We represent his bourbon, his whiskey on this show. We should have Charles on this week. I'll tell you about it. Big week for the Raiders. Raider Nation Unite. Let's keep it up today.